from your town and the town next to that and the town very likely next to that one all right i've got some new gear working things out i immediately spilled wine all over my console table i never drink when i do the show i mean i've done radio for many years and i definitely have had a drink or two during the morning show back in the day but i never drink when i do the show but i proceeded to spill half a half a glass of red wine all over the place. All right. Happy holidays. Happy all the days. Oh, happy holidays. I'm so clever. Welcome to the official Boston Emissions Christmas show. I have called it zany things in the past like homespun holiday favorites. I will most definitely play new stuff that has come in-house. I have a lot of it. I'm going through it all of the time. Thanks to our sponsor, Coleman Rogers Photography, online, ColemanRogersPhotography.com. I will share rock and roll rumble news with you on the show, give you the latest on that. Yes, there is a new Songs of the Week. And Ben Camaro, special guests this week. Alex and Bryn in the interview about Bang Camaro 3. Believe it. You can follow along BostonEmissions.com for everything about the show. I will definitely share some of my favorite holiday tunes, my homespun holiday classics, and new stuff to come because, well, of course, it's rock and roll rumble season. I got bunches of things, so stick around and enjoy the adventure. This is something new from Exit 18. Say it right. Boston emissions. Oh, and things and stuff.
Lost in Emissions, new music, actor, observer, fool's gold, songs for the newly reclusive out now and available everywhere. They are a BMA loser, like me. It is a good club to be in. Yes, Boston Music Awards was this past Wednesday. It was fun. It was at Big Night Live, which is a very different venue than some of the other places that BMAs have been held. Oh, who am I kidding? Big Night Live is a very different venue from everywhere else in the city. It's cool. I mean, it sounded great. It just has these really strange sight lines. So you have to look for a, a cozy place to stand. I got to see a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people. And that's my favorite part. The Freaks did which they've got a show January 14th at the Cantab in Cambridge with Zip Tie Handcuffs. Open the show Exit 18, their latest Say it right. They're from Beverly, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Bostonemissions.com for everything. Yes. Yes, we are in rumble season. If you're a band from New England playing original music and you're interested in being considered for the rumble, I recommend you go to the submissions page and tell me all about you. A couple of things I get to learn about you. You get to tell me. And it makes the job that much easier for me. I don't know if you know this. I get emails that says Angel or the other people that work on the show. There's no other people. You're looking at it. You're, you're hearing it. It's just me. But when I really get into the thick of it, of the rumble, then I, I get a crew. So that too, I should put the call out for that. I am looking for rock and roll rumble volunteers. There's a couple of choice people that help me out with everything on site during the rumble. There's definitely room for volunteering. Yes. So go to rockandrollrumble.com. You'll see the click right here for the submissions page and tell me about you. The submissions window is winding down very quickly. So I recommend if you're interested, you go and do that. Please. Thank you. This is brand new. The city view, quiet like a nightmare. It's Boston Emissions. Like you 
Boston Emissions with Angela Wood. Baker. I've had enough. Their second release, Long Way Home, out now. Hunting accidents, I dragged myself to shore. They've got a show on January 6th. I know. January. It is less than a month away, my friends. At the Raven in Worcester with Black Helicopter, Heavy Hands. The City View, Quiet Like a Nightmare from Manchester, New Hampshire. I love when I get all this new stuff from around New England I haven't heard of before. That's the funnest That's the best part of the show. Christmas is next week, so I have to get a little festive on you. Black Helicopter, the man with all the toys. Still to come, Bryn and Alex talk about Ben Camaro.
Barney. We got no time for your silly toys. Father Christmas, please hand it over. We'll beat you up, so don't make us annoyed. This is Kevin, Mary, and Steve from Roser, wishing you a safe and happy holiday at f***ing home. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, just in holiday style. In the air there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. Stumble up and see the freshly falling snow. 
sucked when you were a little kid remember you're like laying on the couch they'll throw up on the side of your face all the other kids are opening their gifts and playing with their cool stuff and you can't sit up and what do you get saltines and warm ginger ale the appreciation posted silver bells letters to cleo father christmas the glorious kinks cover that's got to be one of the best christmas songs ever Black Helicopter, The Man with All the Toys, as done by the Beach Boys. Once upon a time, there was a band called Ben Camaro. It was a larger-than-life size band, upwards of, oh, 20 people on stage singing and performing. Well, times were good. Ben Camaro toured, crisscrossed the U.S., and then some. They played big shows, were on TV. And eventually called it quits. Exactly when that was, I can't really recall. But they put out two records, Ban Camaro, Ban Camaro 2. And they're working on Ban Camaro 3. And they have a brand new song out, which I will play. I talked to Bryn and Alex, who founded Ban Camaro all those years ago. I should also add that I didn't, edit very much out of this interview, so maybe you should go grab some popcorn. Let's go back in time a little bit. Ben Camaro is a favorite of mine. I've been to many of those hot and sweaty, awesome rock and roll events, and it is without a doubt a party. You You have gotten the band back together, which is no small feat for a band of upwards of 15 to 20 dudes that nobody even lives in the same place anymore. Uh, especially during a, a pandemic, <laughs> getting a, a bunch yes. of people together again like that. It's interesting to me because we've brought the band back together, like like this whole idea of band Camaro and this uh, and the great opportunity for, for Dawes, our bass player and Brandon and myself to hang out together. Um, but we haven't like we haven't put the band like back together like in a room to like perform anything uh, as of yet. And I think uh, for for any of our viewers or listeners, if uh, we're unfamiliar with Band Camaro, that this is a band that has upwards of you know ten to twenty people on stage uh, at once. And uh, a, a big part of our uh, initial appeal was just that huge party on stage, you know, matching like the party in the crowd kind of vibe. But at this point. Uh, we haven't gotten everybody back together at once to perform just yet, but it's been this great experience where we got back together just to kind of talk about some like, you know, old or just some like new business things. And then uh, we just started writing some music together um, just kind of on a lark. And then before we knew it, we were in the studio again. And then you're right. Uh, a, a good portion of us, you know, we're no longer, you know, centered in the Boston area. So a lot of us got on airplanes and uh, came to the studio to help, uh, this new thing that we're that we're getting into and uh 
it's been super rewarding, you know, getting everybody back together on, on a project level. Um, but in terms of like, you know, getting us like together on a, uh, on a, on a live, like actual band level is yet to be seen. And that, who knows, that could be interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure you probably would want to play some live shows. And I'm going to throw a bunch of winks at you because I selfishly want you to play some live shows. Do you think that it's something that you're going to try to aim for in 2023? Maybe at least one you're working on Bank Camaro three. Does that mean there's going to be a full length record and the possibility of having a release show somewhere? Yeah, we're working on the entire album right now. We've got a few songs finished. Um, we've got a number to go. Um, and then what we do after that, it's, it's hard to say. We're kind of taking it all, you know, one day, one week at a time. We, uh, we really didn't have a grand plan at all when it started. We kind of, <laughs> we got together to watch the, the trailer for the, the show Peacemaker that we were, right. uh, that, um, that they put us in. And so we, we just thought we'd go to Alex's house and in that room you see Alex in. And um, we watched the video and then uh, just we, we brought our guitars just to, you know, kind of mess around and kind of get together. And, and we wrote a song that day. And that was the plan since then, which is basically like, I don't know, I guess we'll write some songs and maybe record them. On that day that everybody, everybody was here, like the song that we first wrote is the single that um, we put out last week, Too Fast to Fall in Love. And what was... What was such a, a memorable experience about that is that we we weren't getting together with the intention of making anything new. We were just you know, we were just hanging out as as we have for the last decade. But then you know Bryn had his guitar and he was like, you know, I was in the shower today, and <laughs> you know that like when when you, you get a statement that starts like that, you know, he just had a song that just kind of came to him and he just kind of like spit it out right in front of me and Dave and. It was it was really exciting because that's how it was when we first started. That's exactly what Ben Camaro was like. Brandon and I would get together and just kind of spit out these like kind of like these kind of funny, you know, uh, scorpions esque sort of like uh, hair metal things at each other and just kind of have have a, a chuckle over it. And uh, so th the initial idea definitely had all of that. What what I also really enjoyed about the idea was that it really kind of hit all of like the. Um, all the hot button things that Ben Camaro had when we were, you know, when we were working, you know, we even had like, you know, the same kind of feel, the same tempo to the song, you know, a similar key, you know, a similar arrangement. It felt very familiar, but yet also very new at the same time. So just that good feeling and that good vibe really kind of just kind of stirred it up in all of us. And we initially thought we were just going to write one song and go into the studio and, and bang it out and just put it out. And, you know, just have a good time with it. And in the time that we were waiting for um, our producer, Mike Quinn, to become available and for mm -hmm. our new drummer to become available, we ended up between the three is of that, us we wrote 12 more songs. Is that new drummer Mike Peel? Who? <laughs> it is. We were super lucky. The amazing Mike Peel from Reverse? Yeah. Mike Peel rules. He's a, he sure does. He, uh, he went in and... Um, basically cold you know he, he knew the songs to some degree but you know he would just play along with the track and every time by the third track he would hit a perfect take it was amazing <laughs> i want to talk a little bit about the legend of ban camaro i'll call it that 
you started off back in a time where I guess heavy metal and, and the music that, you know, we're all relatively the same age and we, we listen to a lot of the same stuff. Like we all love Randy Rhodes and the Aussie stuff and, you know, then the Doc and stuff and the, and the Guns N' Roses and the Skid Row stuff that came later. And it kind of fed off of all of those things and more, of course. And sort of the legend of Ben Camaro sort of became every time you went to an interview, people would be like, oh, it's a, it, 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 I guess what I'm asking is it kind of became tough to find out what the real story was or what the gag was that you guys were talking about with whomever the interviewer was at the time, right? Like, uh, oh yeah, we're we're based on you know the gang vocal from Youth Gone Wild. That's what the band is based on. Probably all of those things. But when you when you break it down, what is the true like essence of Bang Camaro? Is it all those things, or am I leaving something out? That's that's a good and tough question. <laughs> I mean, for me, and, and it's something we never really spoke about in depth yeah. you know it's yeah. not like we, we would break this down to the nth degree to figure out what we were you know truly trying to encompass or embody as bang camaro for me i mean when i was little and listening to doc or skid row i would always hear those sounds on the album and have no idea how those sounds actually were made and it, it just seemed like magic to me like i could never <laughs> be in a band that sounded like a, like Youth Gone Wild or, um, you know, basically any one of Dawkins' songs like In My Dreams or something with just that the, the cr crazy vocal harmony and the reverb and larger-than-life sound. So when we first went in to record the song Bang Camaro, which at that time, too, we didn't have any plans for it. We just went in and recorded that song. Um, we we were just really excited to try to recreate that vocal sound. Like that's all I cared about because I didn't think I could be part of something that cool. And then I remember we all got around the microphone and did multiple takes kind of guessing how they did the technique or whatever. No one really knew. And then the first time we heard it played back, it was just like the room exploded. We were all like, <laughs> Oh my God, there it is. We did it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I think we've just been chasing that feeling ever since. Yeah, I think after we got into the studio and we figured out that we could make the sound that we were hearing in our head, um, because of our numbers, meaning that because because it didn't occur to us that Bryn and I would just you know stand around a microphone and just layer vocals on our own, we <laughs> ended up um, asking all of these people who you know you know all these people, Angel. Um, who are lead singers in their in their own bands in Boston to come and and uh, stand around the mic and sing together. And then what happened really quickly is that we created like a, a gang. It was yeah. just a big group of people where after years of just kind of like slogging it out in the Boston music, you know, scene where, you know, it gets really kind of clicky in some places, yeah. you know, I felt like this idea of Bang Camaro became a home for a lot of us. And so we didn't, you know, at least personally, like I didn't, I wasn't searching so much for like where I fit in anymore. It like Bang Camaro was it. And what was so satisfying about it was that it started from our imaginations, just for me and Bryn just getting together, where at first, you know, we wanted to do like an indie rock band, you know, yeah. kind of in the vein of whatever was happening at the time, whatever it is that we were feeling. And then the band Camaro thing ended up happening. 
um, late at night after we'd had a lot to drink and, you know, we're <laughs> getting to know each other and we're, you know, um, kind of spinning stories about how we both grew up in these small towns like me in Pennsylvania and Bryn in New York. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we figured out that we had a lot in common in that, you know, we came from places where hair metal and the things that, you know, kind of made yeah. us uh, appreciative of, of music when we were younger, you know, those, those things never went away like during the nineties. Right. And so that was kind of like the other, you know, fun thing about Ben Camaro at the time, which I don't think it would make much sense now if Ben Camaro was new, but back in 2005, you know, nobody was talking about hair metal in any sort of like mm -hmm. positive manner. And, and it's not like that was necessarily our charge, but we were just trying to appreciate, you know, the songwriting of the era and try to pull something yeah. that that we felt was was very worthwhile. So that was also another big thing that kind of like helped infuse that legend, at least for me, just having yeah. like the friends and then this kind of crazy, unique idea and putting it together and nobody else was doing it. And we had friends, too, like some of our friends got it immediately and wanted to be part of it. Other friends of ours, like I remember Heath from The Information was literally <laughs> like, what are you two doing? You're you're ruining everything. Oh, no. He, he honestly just thought it was a terrible, terrible, terrible idea and had to tell me. Like, I think he was kind of worried about me. Like, you're going to ruin your chance to ever be in a good band again. He was right. I, I really haven't been. <laughs> you know, oh, no. You know, I remember at that same time, I was telling Bryn the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, are you sure you want to do this? And by extension, are you sure you're going to make me do this too? <laughs> because they're, they're going to remember us for this. And you're like, let's do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Dr. Burns said, he's like, it's fine. We'll do it. <laughs> um, I want to ask, you know, these, these are probably very obvious questions, right? But I love to have these conversations with you guys about this stuff because, you know, we've done radio interviews before in the past and don't actually really remember the questions and the answers that we that happened on those shows so how in the world did you guys tour the way that you toured i mean just like the food bill alone for you guys on the road had to been fucking nuts how did that all work outside of you guys probably feeling your own individual insanity during those times but it had to be fun but how did it work it didn't work well. Alex and I went out and bought a 16-passenger van. It was like the biggest thing you could buy that you didn't need a different class permit to drive. Yeah. Uh -huh. And um, we would tour with, uh, what was it, uh, 11 people? 12. 11 or 12, maybe. Uh, so it would be six vocalists and uh, five band members and Joel as our sound guy. So... Um, 12 people in a 16 passenger van. So generally one person would be able to like lounge out on a seat at a time and everyone else would just be jammed in like this for like 10 hours a day. And um, luckily we're all pretty chill and we're friends and got along and had a good time. But um, yeah, doing that for three months straight is, is pretty grueling. Yeah. We would just eat as cheaply as possible. We, we paid everyone, Something like what, ten dollars a day for food? Yeah, ten. Or I think maybe by our last tour, we gotten everybody up to twenty dollars a day on a. Yeah, day. and uh, so you know, we'd stop at a gas station and get a bunch of snacks, or go to Subway and do it just because we love the show, which you know is 
an hour a day, but we we toured nationally how many times? Five, six? Five or six times. I think the experience for us was probably just like any other band when they're kind of on the up and they get in the van and they start traveling mm -hmm. around. And at first it's very exciting because you're having a lot of new experiences, being in new places. But then, you know, the time kind of goes on. There's a lot of boredom on the road because you're in the van or when you get to the gig, you're, you know, you're waiting to go on. I think we did what most uh, people in their 20s and their 30s do to entertain themselves when they have <laughs> nothing else better to do. Like, we, they would throw us into a club and be like, all right, here are your couple cases of beer and, you know, have fun. And so at first it was great. You know, it was kind of everything that you would expect it would be like to be on the road with your rock band, mm -hmm. being able to, you know, have these experiences, you know, on the shoulders of the music that you're writing that people are responding to. That's fantastic. You know, I'm, I, like I wouldn't trade that feeling for anything in the world. But I think because of the fact that we had to travel with so many people mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. overhead for us was so was so out there mm -hmm. that um, that burnout that we faced was just was just compounded by the size of our group. You know, because I, I would imagine that most bands go through the similar thing, but like it's easier to get away from each other when there are only four or five of you. Yeah. When there are 16 of you, it's just not <laughs> going to happen. And in, on top of all of that, once you either get to the end of the night or you get to the end of the road, you know, everybody has to get paid for the work and the time that they spent on the road. And so Bryn and I would then dutifully pay everybody out when we would get off the road and then we would go home to our really you know, horrible and depressing apartment and see that we had nothing, nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so after like at first it's okay. But then after a couple of years of that, there's just, there's just no convincing anybody that there's majesty or any excitement in that lifestyle. It's just grueling. And you maintain your friendships with one, with one another, which is really admirable that you're able to make. Yeah. I'm sure there are fights and disagreements. All of you being in a, in a van in that space, it's just na a natural thing. But you've maintained those friendships, and that's that's pretty amazing that people are willing to come back and do some more songs. Yeah, I made I actually made some of my best friends because of the band. Like um, Alex knew a certain number of people. I knew a certain number of people that would do vocals. So we brought them together. But I had no idea who, say, so like Nick Given was, and mm -hmm. he's become one of my best friends over the years. All right, yeah. um, there, uh, there's a number of people like that. Um, so it was it was a great experience, and it also lasted after. You're totally right. So now what? More music? I would really love to see a show. I would really love to see a show in town. Yeah. You know, you you were not the first to see, and um, it's certainly not lost on either Bryn and I or or, or Dawes just how much our live show was the band the longevity that we had at the time you know was our live show you know honestly to speak frankly after about you know it's been over a decade since the last time mm -hmm. we got together to um mm -hmm. to make music and to, to play shows and mm -hmm. so you know a decade is a fair chunk of change in, in yeah. terms of time and i'm happy to to say that everybody involved with the band, you know, we're all doing great and it's wonderful to see everybody kind of evolve and, yeah. you know, kind of spread out into these really kind of happy lives. What I would like to see with the band personally is that, uh, one, I, I just love making music with Bryn and Dawes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes in life, you never know how things get 
shaken out, but, you know, I would be a fool if I didn't admit that, you know, I find a really worthwhile partnership in, in working with both of those guys. And, and we all see fairly eye to eye, you know, artistically. Then on the, on the flip side of that, you know, how we develop the band, do we get everybody into a room and start playing together? Yeah. I don't know yet. I'm not, you know, yeah. I don't think any of us are saying no to that idea, but mm -hmm. I just like the idea of just sailing on, just doing things that feel really good and are just about <laughs> the music and about, you know, about my relationships and my friendships with, with my friends, you know, and Absolutely. if that translates into live shows down the line, cool. Great. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of us will be there. Cool. Thank you. A lot of us will be there. We'll, we'll be there. I'll be there with a poncho on. <laughs> Cause there's always, there's always something flying, guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot how we used to like compare ourselves to Gallagher. That's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Gallagher. Hey, so that's an interesting that's an interesting segue. I sort of had this in the back of my head. I wanted to ask you guys about it because I know that uh, we kind of grew up in the same era, and we were. I'm sure there were a time or two we listened to Dimebag Daryl. What do you think of the new Pantera? Oh, tribute. It's not a reunion. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. celebration. Yeah. I'm into it. I, you know, oh, yeah. since, since, since we're here, you know, in the, in the age of YouTube, you know, I've, I've been able to watch a couple of their shows from fans uh, holding up the cameras. It looks like a really entertaining show. It seems like the vibe that the band is giving that they're not trying to recreate Pantera. Mm -hmm. And I think when they rolled the thing out, the, the messaging in there got a little weird <laughs> and they had to come back yeah. and be like, wait a second, we're not trying to replace the, uh, the, the Abbott brothers. It seems like the fans are into it. Yeah. I think the only way it can work, and I guess this is how I feel about it. I, I was, I, I'm not going to pretend I, I loved, I loved Pantera back in the day. And yeah, if it comes on, I'll, you know, raise my fist at it for a little while. However, I think it works for a lot of fans because of who they have playing. Somebody with a reputation like Zach Wilds and it's Frankie from Anthrax, right? Yep. Yeah. Charlie. So I think, a oh, chart, chart. I, I think that, that's how it's probably going to work for a lot of like die hard heavy metal fans because they have some real like legit top shelf players joining. Yeah. Them. And anybody who knew anything about Pantera, they knew that Dime and, and Zach were like brothers. Like mm -hmm. they were really attached to the hip. So it does make a lot of sense that, you know, Zach would be the one pulling yeah. that off. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. I think it's yeah, cool. I, I really liked Pantera back in the day. Just the the groove that they had was kind of mm -hmm. different than mm -hmm. any other metal band at the time, and that was super cool to me. Phil and Zelmo kind of lost me after screaming "White Power" from the stage. <laughs> I, I'm not caring. I'm not going to pay attention. I'm sure Zach is killing it up there. So yeah, I'm sure he's having a a really good time. Thanks for spending a little time with me this afternoon. It's great to see you. I know that, you know, we've been in the advent of social media. It's nice to be able to be involved in your lives and each other's lives in that way. And everybody's doing great. And I do, I really do mean this when I say this, I would be right up front if the model sons got the band back together. <laughs> I, I am not going to front. Uh, seconded um, there. <laughs> I did get a message from Ian like two days ago. We still goof around on, we still chat every now and then. I can't, wow. I don't know <laughs> if I'd remember any of the songs, but uh, that'd be a good time. That was that stuff was some of the best. Yeah, I was I'm just telling Carly, my wife, that um, how long that we've known each other, Angela, and I, I was telling her that 
Yeah, you were the first person to ever get me into a radio uh, station when uh, the Model Sons played on FNX. That was That's awesome. Right. And do you remember who the guest was with us that day? Yes, Cooter. Yes. I was so excited. Yes. Was yeah, I, I, I spent like 10 minutes talking to Cooter and about how much I love the Dukes of Hazard. He, uh, That's amazing. He, uh, I remember that photo on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was great. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, don't, I don't think he was uh, having as good of a time talking about it as I was, but I, I was pumped. It was like, it's so early, too. I forget how early you have to do those things like we were in the studio oh. at what 7 a.m yeah and I was, yeah but cooter got me through it it was awesome those are fun times those are fun fun times i'm glad to see mark uh township mark panansky we were chatting back and forth about township doing some shows so i would love to see that alex yeah one, um, of, your, one of your many projects i would i would love to for your viewers and listeners um, <laughs> playing in 2006 Rumble Winners Township. Yes, um, that's right, that's right. We have been picking that, so we started making a new record back in 2015, and uh, I think we finished it by 2017, and then finally released it, I think it was earlier this year, or maybe it was late last year, I don't recall. But anyway, we've been getting the band back together intermittently over the last year and we've already made another record nice <laughs> yeah so we're just, yeah it's funny we kind of like kind of get started and then somebody gets a new job and then we have to stop for a little bit and then we get mm -hmm. back together again uh yeah i really would love to get that band out there working again just to just go out and have some fun and play some gigs because uh those guys are wonderful musicians and some of my closest friends and let's just face it township's a great band but a lot of the conversations we have about the scene about you know our friends who are musicians who play in town we've always said it township is by far one of the best live bands around no doubt about it i love uh, township well, thank you oh, guys yeah. uh, i agree uh, gunning yeah. through the night uh, like oh, two yeah. days ago love that tune good stuff an almost better uh music video for that song too <laughs> yeah, I like that meat eating I can't <laughs> yeah it's a little gross <laughs> Well, I am. Um, I, I'm really grateful, Bryn Bennett, uh, Alex Nokachea. Nokachea. Yeah. Uh, I should know how to really say your name by now. It's been, you know, like three thousand years that we've been friends. It has. I think um, at some point I was like your most often visited guest at some point when uh, when you were down there at, at BCN. I think you were. Uh, you were my township was my very first guest when I took over Boston Emissions too. That's a that's an interesting rock fact that people should remember when I want to give stuff away. I usually ask questions like that. Let me know when when townships out and about. I'll be there. Yep, we'll do it. No we'll doubt. Do it. So when uh, township is playing and the model sons are playing and Van Camaro's playing, so that's gonna be a good night. <laughs> that's gonna be an awesome show. <laughs> it's gonna be an exhausting evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I forget if, if I mentioned this, Angel, but I, I guess the plan for Ban Camaro in the short term is that we have we have we already have a handful of things that are are done and ready to go. So we're going to be putting out a you know singles over the next couple of weeks. Okay. So people, hopefully, anybody who's excited about Ban Camaro music, uh, can you know can know that there's more coming. All right. So 2023, we're going to see a series of brand spanking new Ban Camaro things. I look forward to it. Definitely. We've been waiting. We've been patiently waiting. We're so glad you're back. 
in any form. And I look forward to new merch. I my Bank Camara t-shirt, I think is on its last leg. Ooh. And I don't think I should wear it publicly, but when there's also new Bank Camara merch, I look forward to that too. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me. I'm really going to going to set you free now. Thanks for doing it. Awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you for having us. And of course, if there's anything you ever need from us, you know where to find right us. On. You got it. Yeah, Thanks. good to see you again, Angela. It's been you too. two and a half years or however long we've been It's been a long ass time. I don't remember the last time that we were all in the same room together, but hopefully that'll change. Everybody's looking good.
Hey, this is Paul Hansen of the Grown Up Noise. Hey, what's up? It's Michael Murata from Vanyaland. I am Anne from, from Harris Hawk. We are Salem Wolves. I am Ruby Rose Fox, and you are listening to Boston Emissions with Angel Wood.
Austin Emissions Township gunning through the night. A lot of pelts present in that video. Mark Panansky had extra pelt in that video. <laughs> the Model Son Story of My Love, which was Bryn Bennett's former band, who weren't around for a very long time, but man, were they a good time. I would say the Model Sons are, without a doubt, one of my all-time favorite Boston bands. I'm working really hard on putting that show together, telling you. In the brand new one, Bang Camaro, Too Fast to Fall in Love. Bang Camaro, working on Bang Camaro 3. I got a sneak peek of a few of the songs, and while I cannot play them for you, I said I wouldn't. You won't be disappointed. And the video for the new song up at bostonemissions.com. Boston Emissions is back for rumble season. If you really want to know, my job is bananas and it keeps me very busy. I am not yet independently wealthy. And I have three bulldogs who don't work. You can hear the show every Sunday, 3 p.m. on Certain FM. You can support Uncertain FM. Go to patreon.com slash Uncertain FM. Andrea Gillis recorded a Jay Giles song over the summer. I was on hiatus. But the world is a better place with some Andrea Gillis in it. It's called I Don't Need You No More. New music from Andrea Gillis. It's Boston Emissions. <laughs> It's a Jay Giles song, and uh, she 
She's gillicizing it. <laughs> She's gillicizing it. Every week I add new songs to the show. I post everything up in a playlist at bostonemissions.com. I also post a songs of the week poll there where you can go and vote and tell people about it. You can tell people about the show and I tell people about you. It's a wonderful relationship we build. Time for this. Initiating launch sequence. Boston Emissions Songs of the Week. All right, thanks to our sponsor, Coleman Rogers Photography Online, ColemanRogersPhotography.com. Number five, Wirelines, Shoplifters of the World Unite. Boston Emissions Songs of the Week. Number five.
and emissions songs of the week.
Musicians Songs of the Week.
Austin Emissions, your brand new bang. Our kid disaster dead ends at number one again. Mm-hmm. Next show, December 23rd, Middle East, Upstairs, Cambridge with Why Try and Junior Beef. One Fall, Slingshot, Hanging Tough at number two. That is their debut single. They just did their first show a couple weeks ago at Faces in Malden. I am hedging my bets that they have another show coming up and I can catch them. Gretchen Shea in the middle eight, Skeleton Closet. They did the spectacular gift drive that we did together last week at Faces Brewing. Thank you to everybody who came out. We have quite a haul of gifts for DCF for the holiday. I am very proud to say you guys made it all happen. Gretchen Shea in the middle eight next show, New Year's Eve. Sapling, Gretchen Shea in the middle eight at Exhibit A Brewing Company in Framingham. Number four, Tis Tis Task Contagion from Your Sorry More and Wirelines at five, Shoplifters of the World Unite. I always, I don't know, I guess I, I find myself giggling a little bit every time I say that. Wirelines, Shoplifters of the World Unite, Walpole, Here We Come. The song is, well, very obviously a Smith song. I really like what Wirelines did with that song. And I laugh. I have to ask Kevin and the guys in Wirelines what they mean by Walpole, here we come. Because when I think of Walpole, I think of the state prison, which I also heard is closing, strangely. You don't have enough convicts in Massachusetts to throw in Walpole? I find that fascinating. Well, friends, folks, and pals, Christmas time is upon us. And I don't mind catching some holiday spirit. Cards upon the wall Mail seems to come so slow Tinsel starts to lose its glimmer Maybe you don't have a phone Think about you every year About this time About this time You know who you are You are my sexy Christmas baby
chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows and some mistletoe can help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Bringing lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child tonight will spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase for kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said many times, many ways Merry Christmas to Christmas song from the glorious Viva Noel, a Q Division Christmas released in 1999, available via the Q Division Recordings Catalog Bandcamp page. Celebrate the return of the Amy Mann and Ted Leo Christmas show and special guests. You just never know who's going to show up. Tuesday, December 27th at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. We heard Juliana Hatfield make it home from My So-Called Life. We're going back to 1994. 
Oh, yes. Parlor bells, have yourself a merry little Christmas. And morphine's sexy Christmas baby mine. I wasn't thinking about how to make Christmas sexy, but now that morphine mentions it. <laughs> well, thank you, friends, one and all. Season's greetings. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy all the days. Happy holidays. Boston Emissions will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, visit bostonemissions.com. Catch up on the show. Go to rockandrollrumble.com and submit your information if you are a band that's interested in being considered to play in April at the Middle East and Sonia Central Square in Cambridge. Since this wasn't solely a Christmas show where I play all Christmas music, I left out a few of my favorites. However, I'm going to close with what is probably my favorite Christmas song to close out every Boston Emissions homespun holiday classic show. Any guesses? Mary Amsterberg, 2,000 Miles. This is also on Aviva Noel. Bye, everybody. Bye.
Angel Wood. 